Welcome to the Property Nomads podcast. And here are your hosts, Rob Smallbone and Matt McSherry. Hello and welcome to another episode with us, the Property Nomads. We hope you're all doing very well. So today we want to cover the five forgotten things you must look for when viewing a property. Yeah, all of this has come about from speaking to various investors, various people that are looking, viewing different properties. And we found that these five things are quite common things that people just do not pay attention to, which we find quite startling. So we thought we'd bring it to your attention. So next time round about viewing, make sure you're checking out these these five things. Caveat on the episode being, depending on, there are always going to be bits and pieces you need to look at, but we find these are the five most common things that people, for some reason, are not looking at. And the thing is as well, I, I would actually say all five of these are very, very obvious. However, I think because they're so obvious that people are actually forgetting to do them. And these are fundamental because these are the five things that we believe are probably going to be more expensive in the long run if you don't find out or identify any issues in these areas. Too true, too true. Oh, always good to start at number one, I suppose. Yep, so we've put the boiler and central heating system. Yes, should be quite an obvious thing when you're viewing property, especially with an experienced investor, but even as a novice investor, you want to be checking out for these things. So does the property that you are looking at, does it have a boiler? Does it have radiators? You know, little things like that. It might have a water tank. It might be a modern flat you're looking at. They might have you know, sort of an electric sort of heating system and whatnot. How old is, does the boiler look? You know, if it's a, a Worcester Bosch or you know, an ideal logic boiler, how recent are they? How modern are they? If you're dealing with a 15, 20 year old boiler, chances are it might need replacing in due course. Again, locate the boiler, look at it. If it's got a boiler, just, just look, just find the damn boiler. Yeah, and always request for any sort of servicing paperwork and documentation, obviously to find out when it was last serviced and how old it actually is as well, if they have actually got them within the property or the vendor. Great point well made, because you might have a 10, 15 year old boiler, but if it's been serviced every year and it's got the relevant gas safety certificate, actually that'll be absolutely fine. So yeah, great point well made, mate. You want to be doing that homework as well. Uh, And with, again, the central heating system, checking out the rain, are there radiators in the property? If there are, are there a suitable number of radiators? These little things, because they, they can always, if they don't, if the property doesn't have these things. It can be very expensive. Yeah, your renovation costs are going to increase, your refurb costs are going to increase. Yeah. So that takes us on to number two. Again, a very obvious one, but the electrics, the consumer unit and plug sockets. Yeah, plug sockets mainly, purely because you're walking into a property, you might have a, you know, a modern consumer unit. Uh, at the moment, what the government are looking to do, they're looking to aim towards having a metal-backed consumer unit. Uh, that's not enforced just yet. You might find a lot of the modern consumer units are plastic, but they're looking to introduce metal. Or you might find that you know, some properties might just have a really old-school fuse board. Looks like something from like the 1940s, like a nuclear war. Check them out as well. If it's got a really old fuse board, you know, that will need replacing. Does the property need a rewire? Yeah, it's a bit of a challenge. That's not always the most obvious thing to to see to be honest you either need a probably need an electrician to go around if they can or your builder should be able to tell you but sometimes you won't know if it needs a rewire until you start doing your your refurb and i think that's something that does come with you know experience the more properties you view the more likely it's going to be that you actually you identify what a full full um full rewire would look like 
uh, if if needed. Yeah, and, and on, on the plug socket level, you know, if everything else is in, in check and you walk into a room and it's only got, you know, a single plug socket or one double plug socket, that's probably not good enough. You're going to need to, in my opinion, have at least two or three. You know, 21st century now, you know, people are using a lot more electrics. People are like having their TVs in their rooms, you know, they're got to charge your iPhones, the laptops. You know, people can't live a day without having a phone. Therefore, they need to be able to charge it. So you need enough relevant charging points, you know, and you need to be able to have enough within the room so that you're not just utilising one plug socket, putting an adapter on it or, uh, you know, uh, what do I call them? I've just gone out right on my head. I think adapter's a fair word. Yeah, um, and obviously overloading that plug socket with too many electrics. So yeah, prevents it. It's a, it's a danger if you start exactly. Doing that. Yeah. So look out for your plug sockets. Check out your consumer units as well. Again, any any decent builder, any decent electrician will know exactly what they're looking for as well. But for the un, for your trained eye, if you're going around properties without a builder, yep, or without an electrician, the easiest way to just Google consumer unit, yep, and you'll get a good idea of what one should look like. And that word has just come right into my head: extension lead. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We want to make properties as safe for people as possible. So exactly. General rule of thumb: I say have at least three double sockets per room, yep. apart from the bathroom. That takes us on to number three, which is roof tiles and chimney stack. How many times have you viewed a property and just not paid attention to the roof tiles or chimney stack? It's one of those things that you need you need to look at. Because a couple of loose roof tiles and a lot of rainfall could easily lead to a lot of water ingress into property. Especially living in the UK. Yeah, and water damage is probably the worst damage property-wise. I'd say it's a lot more challenging to deal with water damage than, say, fire damage. Yeah. For example, there's a lot of ongoing issues that it can actually, you know, cause. So if you can kind of mitigate that moving forward by just changing a few loose tiles here and there, then in the long run, it's going to save you a lot of time and a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're looking at more of the older school properties that do have chimney stacks, again, does the bricking look in good order? Is the chimney stack swaying to the left or right a little bit as you say with a lot of rain a lot of wind depending on where you live in in the uk as well your chimney stack falls over you know that could cave your roof in it's possible we're not saying you know so as an investor you want to try and mitigate as much as possible easiest way to see if your chimney stack is in good order is take a pair of binoculars if you're looking from afar Obviously, if you go walking around the streets with, with a pair of binoculars, you might I was look. Just about to say, just, just be careful how, yeah, just you be might... careful when you're carrying on binoculars and just solely use them for looking up at that roof. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We, we joke about that, but people, you know, people's perceptions of what you may or may not be doing with a pair of binoculars walking down the street is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just be careful. Just, just be careful when you're using binoculars. That's a good way of looking at it. Of yeah. course, if you're going around again with a builder or possibly with a, you know, a surveyor, be able to tell you these things yeah as well but uh yeah check out the chimney stack check out the roof tiles are they both in good order if they are that's going to save you a lot of issues further on down the line yeah and that takes us nicely onto number four which is guttering very simple thing to replace guttering very inexpensive to replace as well you can get some decent you know upvc tubing and whatnot for you know very minimal cost as with roof tiles and chimney stacks if your guttering is not in good order and there's a lot of rainfall, as you've said, Matt, that could lead to a lot of water ingress. You know, for the sake of replacing some gutter for £100, 
or possibly doing thousands of pounds worth of damage to your property, I know what I'd prefer to yeah. Yeah, invest in that gutter in. So things to check for at the front and back of the property, is the gutter in a good order? Is it, you know, it's not hanging down, it's not flopping around yeah. everywhere. Any leaks? Yeah. Any blockages? Absolutely. You'll be able to tell. Sometimes uh, with old school cast iron guttering, what you, you'll be able to tell if there's leaks on the property because if any rainwater or any water's been going down the brickwork over a period of time, you'll see a discoloration of the brickwork without a shadow of a doubt. So if there's no discoloration there, everything looks like it's in good order. It's connected to your next door neighbours if you've got them as best as possible. You know, is a downpipe, does that feed into a drain? It's not, you know, going onto the brickwork of the property. These little things you need to check. Very easy to check. Once you've checked them, it can save you a lot of money having good gutter in place. Yeah, brilliant. So number five, damp. Now with damp, damp can be very, very hard to identify sometimes. So from our own experiences, I'd recommend or we'd recommend having a damp reader because some properties that you go into, you know, they might not look like there's any damp. You might not smell anything at all. However, there may be some underlying damp somewhere in the property. So it's always good to take a damp reader into a property along with the viewings just to get a good idea if there is any in the property. Yeah, you can get, pick up a, a damp reader from someone like Screwfix or, you know, MKM, you know, someone like that. They're quite easy to get hold of, relatively inexpensive as well. The two types of damp that you can get would be, number one would be rising damps. So that normally comes from, you know, the groundwork, etc. you know, rises up. You'll find it on the lower level of your property it normally rises up to about a meter give or take and again that can come from that can come from anything that can come from your ground that can come from your next door neighbor you know or what i like to call normal damp so again if your gutter is not in good condition and you get water ingress or your, your roof tiles are not in good shape and you're getting water coming in from the top over time you know you will get damp that as you say mate it can be fairly obvious sometimes it might not be that obvious so especially on the, the older school properties, Victorian-style, Edwardian-style, Georgian-style properties. Yeah, take your damp route, take your damp meter around, and it will tell you straight away whether it's got damp or not. And I think it uh, puts you into that different category as well. I think taking a, a damp reader around with you on viewings puts you into that professional status. Well, ab absolutely. Perception's key as well. The key thing is to look out for it, is to look out for it. Sometimes you can walk in and you'll be able to you know, smell it straight away. Sometimes it's not that obvious. If you're walking around, actively checking for it, you know, look for discolouring in, you know, the brickwork or, or you know, or, or the, the wallpaper or anything like that. Take it around, have a look. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not. But do check for it. If you don't check for it and you go around to renovating, again, getting damp works done, they're not, it's not exactly the cheapest thing uh, to get done, depending on the extent of the damp. Yeah, so obviously in, in summary... So our top five, number one, boiler and central heating system. Number two, electric, so your consumer unit and your plug sockets. Number three, your roof tiles and chimney stack. Number four, your guttering. And number five, your damp. So all very obvious, but all fundamental to all, well, whenever you're viewing your properties and to obviously pricing a refurb. Yeah, absolutely. And this episode is aimed at if you're doing or viewing your buy-to-let properties, Possibly, you know, possibly HMO conversions, things like that. Obviously, if you're looking at land, <laughs> there might not be a building there in the first place, so you might not have to check for your chimney stack. We can check your damper. <laughs> that's a good old uh, soil soil experiment you could do there. So, yeah, th this is aimed at 
mainly doing your bite lets your HMOs and, and stuff. Make sure you look at these five things when you go around your properties. Buy that damp meter, buy that, you know, buy that meter reader as well. Again, that'll give you a more professional look. Looks like you're going around knowing what you're doing as well. But the simple things to check, just go and check them. Yep. And this could be literally the case of you making a nice bit of profit on your property to losing a fair amount. So as we've just said, consider all five of these as easy and as simple as they sound. Carry them out and you shouldn't have any any further issues. No, absolutely. Standard stuff, caveat mTOR, buy beware, do as much due diligence as you can because spotting these things could be the difference between putting in a higher offer or a lower offer. And as you said, Matt, at the end, making more money possibly, you know, and, and not coming up with all these unexpected costs in your refurbs yeah. as well. And just throwing in a quick added bonus on that one as well. When speaking to estate agents, if you're dealing with estate agents, always relay back the information that you found throughout that refurb. So obviously all these five key points, they potentially could you know, um, drop uh, an offer significantly by the amount of works that need doing to, to mitigate these and, and to fix them. So always speak to your estate agent and be open and transparent with your offer and obviously go through your list of why you're offering that amount and they can then share that with the vendor and potentially to be able to sing off the, sing off the hymn, same hymn sheet and be able to obviously relate to, to, to your um, to your offer. Yeah, and that's about building that rapport as well. Rather than going in saying, I'm going to offer you X for this property, if you can go in and say, look, I understand it's on the market for X. However, this needs doing, that's going to cost that much. This needs doing, that's going to cost that much, et cetera, et cetera. Here is my offer based on the said Exactly. Things. So that really helps. I always find an email works for that as well. Yes. Following up in writing. Yeah, leaves a trail, which is always good. As well. So happy house for you and thank you very much. Hopefully you found this useful. And as ever, Join us on the socials, connect with us on the socials of Property Nomads. Leave a review if you'd be so kind to as well. We'll probably get around to read it, actually start reading some of them out to you know, recognise the people that are giving us five-star reviews. That's what we like. And yeah, thank you for your time. Thanks for tuning in, guys. All the best. Take care.